and welcome to episode 10 of the Absolute Game of Nerds with your non-geek, non-nerd hosts, JP and Rohan. And today we have another special interview with Jason from Omega Collects. Um, we're going to be talking about some, some uh, original artwork today and looking forward to talking with him. Rohan, go ahead and introduce our guests in a little more detail there. Yeah, so we got um, Jason from Omega Collects with us today. Um, I met Jason through... Uh, both Jace, or both uh, Errol and Lawrence, uh, who we've interviewed in the last few weeks. Um, he's kind of the third guy that they always mention. Jason's got a cool thing with original art that we've not talked to anyone in that uh, realm. So he's got some info there. And he's also got some ambitious uh, collecting goals. And he's got his own channel, uh, Road to a Key, which is great if you haven't checked that out. And we're talking about that. Uh, but in the meantime, everyone say hello to Jason. Jason, how's it going? Hey, good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on your show. Yeah. So Jason, we always kind of start out our interviews, just kind of like a basic origin story for you. <laughs> so like, you know, who you are, where you're from, uh, right. what got you started into collecting, that kind of thing, who you loved growing up, that kind of thing. Why don't you right. give us a little All rundown? Right. Good place to start. So, um, like you said, I am Jason from Omega Collects. Um, got into collecting back in 82 as a, as a young little 12 year old, you know, and got educated by a good LCS owner who, who schooled me on some of the ways of collecting. Um, but pretty much that's where my origin story started. And I was keyed in on um, uh, the first book I actually read, the comic book LCS owner gave me Fantastic Four number one back in 82. Wow. Told me, go sit in the corner and read that and then come back and tell me about it. He used to always quiz me about stuff when I came in. So I read it, told him what I liked about it. And so he says, okay, from that, he knew how to steer me into okay, you like Fantastic Four, you like Cosmic, you like, back then it was, you like space stuff, spacey. Yeah. So you you buy, you know, Fantastic Four, you get into Nova, because back then Nova was a, was kind of popular. Um, what's another? Jack of Hearts and all that. And then the Secret Wars started coming out. So he's, you know, that's kind of my origin story. So Wolverine, Fantastic Four. But the key character I, I used to like um, was Doctor Strange. Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real quick, real quick question on the fantastic. So when you were a little wee lad in the corner reading <laughs> Fast and Fantastic Four number one, did you have any idea what, how much money was sitting in your hands? No, I didn't know anything about <laughs> it. He just told me sit in the corner, read this, and tell me about it. And so I sat in the corner and I read it. And what's funny is, um, I kind of understand why he did that. And it's if you if back then reading comic books helped you increase your vocabulary and actually understand big words as as they used to say back then. So it taught me a lot about science, how to question stuff and and use the sort type words cuz you always had Dr. Doom saying those big words or Reed Richards, you know. So yeah, I I didn't know the value of anything back yeah. then. Tell tell us what what attracted you to Dr. Strange. I I mean, I'll be honest like I I can't name a single other person I know who would say their favorite. I well, don't even like Doctor you. Strange, but I don't know anyone that say this is their favorite. Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, growing up in New York and, you know, Spidey, Spidey is the New York character, you know, and I like Spidey. I like Doctor Strange because I just thought the powers that he had was kind of cool. All these oh, mystic yeah. powers and he can say these chants and all these things would happen. So that kind of like fascinated me and I liked his outfit. So I used to walk around at 12 now. With, with a cape? A t with a towel, <laughs> shaped it into a cape. It was red, and I used to walk around doing all this weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, obviously, you're gonna talk about no, your collecting. Think, but do you have a Strange Tales one ten? Yeah, it's funny. I did. Um, I got rid of it 
Because <laughs> again, it's all about. We'll talk more about yeah, this. Well, it's all about when you, yeah, when you attain your what you want, then it's like what's next. So we'll, we'll get yeah. to that. But yeah, I did have strange tales. Uh, One ten. JP, I cut you off there. Sorry. Go ahead. What were we gonna ask? No, I was just gonna say my my thought on Doom was he just he looked like Darth Vader to me. He looked like uh, early Darth Vader. I think. I think that's where. Yeah, he's uh, he George was Lucas he was kind of scary for, uh, for Darth. So. Yeah, he was a scary character, but I liked him too. Yeah, because, he had, again, it's that whole sinister vocabulary sometimes you root for the villain but and then too back then they had a fantastic mm -hmm. four cartoon and so i used to watch that and if you do ever go back on the disney network and watch it yeah they, they actually had the three the trilogy the 48 49 50 yep. galactus it, that's it's there <laughs> yeah yeah i actually um i want when i first got disney plus i because i watched that cartoon as well growing up and I always remember those specific because silver surfer is my favorite and i was like i yeah. went back and i watched those ones and loved them they're great Silver Surfer was is a complex character. He's all he reminds me of a cosmic Spider-Man. Ah, all okay. these dilemmas, these these you know these tough decisions to make, and you know he's, he's kind of like a, a reality character, a guy with just problems. <laughs> yeah, I always tell people I've told the story on the show before. My love started in fourth grade. Someone handed me a series two Silver Surfer card. I looked at the card. I was like, "Whoa, this guy is awesome!" And then I flipped it over and I saw those power ratings. I was like blown away and like Jeez. i've been in love since yep remind when yeah, we just, get further in, remind me to tell you more about when you mentioned the power ratings and stuff uh remind me to talk more there's a omnibus i want to show you guys oh, all right all right what were you saying jp i d i found those cards today we were talking earlier and yeah. uh, the silver surfer one drawn by ron Lim was and and i think who mm. we were talking to yesterday talked about how uh the way ron Lim drew him was always with the um the shine to him right and he always had yeah. a way of making that shine on his reflectiveness and then he's just flying through the air you know it's a it's a cool card they all were yeah. actually you know series two in my opinion but yeah but yeah he was yeah. quite powerful <laughs> for a little oh, guy yeah. um so jason before we get into it really i was curious where did the uh, name omega collects come from omega omega collects it came from um the term omega is my fraternity so okay. You know, I kept Omega and then, hey, I collect. Omega there collects. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if that had something to do with like the end or like, you know, if it's like Alpha and the Omega. <laughs> Dark the side. The end or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's fraternity <laughs> related. Well, That's why fraternity. you can see everything purple and gold. Omega sci fi. Oh, yeah. That my, um, my dad, um, my dad was uh, Alpha Gamma Rho at Penn State and he said he lived near the Omega sci fi, was uh, the house oh, yeah? near him or something like that. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. JP, were you a frat? I, I just, I, I was also a frat guy. Were you a frat guy, JP? Yeah, I was a KDR. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kappa I was Delta Rho. I was a Sigma Nu at, at University of Washington. So. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we had, uh, we had Sigma Kappa Nu at my school, but I, there, I think it was the school next school to us had Sigma Nu. So I was like, wait, uh, wait, you should be Sigma Kappa Nu. And they're like, no, no, they're different. They're not as cool as us. We're Sigma Nu. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so nice. Um, all right, so getting back to it, Jason. So, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, you said Wolverine, Fantastic Four. That's kind of what you collect, started collecting with growing up. Yes, yes, I started with that. Um, and like I said, I had a coach in the LCS, so I remember the days when, um, when uh, the Wolverine trilogy that miniseries started, mm -hmm. he put me onto that, and that's how I, I didn't even know about Hawk 181 back then, I knew about the Wolverine miniseries. Yeah. Um, so he turned me on to that by doubles, 
especially number one, because in the future, this is going to be worth a lot. So, hey, I listened to everything you told me. And then when Secret Wars came out, that blew my mind. Every month, I couldn't wait for the latest um, edition to come out. That was incredible. I still have those books, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, nice. J- JP and I talk about often that Wolverine Limited Series 1, the cover, <sighs> is one of the most like iconic from my childhood. Like I remember a handful of covers. But like yeah, like I knew of Hulk White eighty one, but to me, if I was a Wolverine book, it was at number one with him with the claws out, you know, going like that. I didn't know anything about one eighty one, and I used to make um, uh, claws out of paper, and I used <laughs> to have the claws, and I used to always do that one pose he did on the cover. Oh yeah, yeah. Jason's mom's kind of got some great photos of you with your towel cape and your paper. She's claws. got, she's got, she's got some photos, man. I mean, between yeah. Doctor Strange and Space Ghost, yeah, it's some, oh, yeah, some Space pictures Ghost. around. Yeah. <laughs> Space Ghost was a man. I love oh Space my God. Ghost. Yes. Christ. But that was uh, my fraternity nickname was Logan. So. Oh really? So that's yeah, because w- the guys they were in the comics too, so they gave I got the nickname Logan. So. Oh yep. man. Yeah. I had, I had arms like him. You know, a lot of <laughs> a lot of extra hair in his arms. So that's that's uh, how I got it. Yeah, uh, I got the nickname Underdog. So. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, there's a reason for everything. Oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> um. So then tell us about Road to a Key. Let's get started there. Like, how did that get started? And then the first yeah. big, so was AF-15, right? Was your kind of first big um, hunt, I guess? How do, how do you want to describe it from there? Go ahead. Yeah, that's okay. So Road to a Key basically is, is it, personally, it was it was my journey when I got back in in 2018 because I always wanted, when I learned about Amazing Fantasy 15, that Spider-Man number one wasn't the first, you know, because again, I was young, I didn't know. But then I always said, hey, when I get older or I get enough money, I'm going to buy Amazing Fantasy 15. So <clears throat> when I got back in in 2018, that was one of my goals is how do I get a Amazing Fantasy 15? And I started looking at the prices and I'm like, well, holy, okay, let me take a step back. This is going to take some time because I had knowledge of if you want something to flip what you have to get the money for what you want. So um, that's how Road to a Key started. So I started flipping and it worked. It took me about four years to get Amazing Fantasy 15. But then I watched YouTube channels and I saw other people struggling. And I'm like, you know what? Let me do this again. But this time, let me really start my YouTube channel, not play around. It's going it, to, it evolves. I mean, I'm jumped on, you know, you like to record your first videos. You see, you laugh at yourself, but it's evolving. And I want people to see that this stuff is possible. You just have to have patience and just keep moving along and have confidence. And if I remember the story correctly, the AF-15 you got, you bought raw, right? It was raw dog, yep, and I was yeah. scared to buy it. <laughs> that was my next question. Was there any hesitation there? Oh, yeah. I mean, the hesitation came into play where I didn't know if there was any restoration. I didn't know anything, you know, and then I'm going by pictures, so am I being taken? Is is this a real cover? Is, you know, all the pages there? So, you know, I took a huge gamble on buying that book raw, but I bought it from a reputable guy, Um who had some references for me. And so when that happened, then we started the negotiation. And so it was not someone that was local to you. So you were buying it. So you were only looking at pictures. You couldn't like hold this thing. No, I couldn't physically hold it. It was somebody from IG. And um, I was going based on pictures and faith that this guy wasn't trying to stick it to me. I mean, it was a, 
it was, it's kind of like when you make large purchases, it's a, it's a, when you make it, you feel like you're drained. Mm -hmm. So when I actually made the deal, I felt drained, like, oh my God, because we would go back and forth for about two weeks, two to two and a half weeks. We went back and forth about price, condition, um, and questioning him, where did you get it from? Why are you selling it? Stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine making that larger because so I have a friend that I chat with often. We kind of have this kind of ongoing joke because you'll see some books posted on IG and like even on the ones that are $15,000 or $18,000, like people will post this book like, oh, you know, via fee free payment, $18,000. And it's like, in my mind, I'm like, is the expectation that someone's just going to be like in the comments, like claim $18,000, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like even recently, like Nerdy Girl posted a uh, Captain America one, and it was like three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars on IG, and it's like claiming the comments. I'm like, is someone literally going to be like expected to just be like claim? Now you know what's funny is there are people who will do that, but not yeah. in that fashion. It's that's that's what I call uh uh that's a higher tier of of selling and buying. There's a sophistication involved in that process. Yeah. <laughs> um. Speaking of sophistication here, um, we'll come back to the comics, but tell us about original art. I know you're a big original art collector. We haven't talked to anybody about original art. JP's a huge art guy. Kind of tell us how you got into it, a little yeah. of the ins and outs of that world, like kind of, you know, if that's right. something that you're interested in, what you should look for, that kind of thing. Right. So original art, I'm not, you can never be an expert. I got into it in 2020. So I'm still learning and my game is involved um, from what I originally bought. There you go. So real those quick, are my, some those are my prize right pieces. I got, I have more, but those are pieces that it, they cost and it took me a while to, you know, in educating myself and partnering with a good dealer who I'll tell you who, as I go through, but um, <clears throat> how I got into original art was, and I'm going to be upfront. I, I had a, I had a Hawk one. I had, uh, Tales of Suspense 39, Journey into Mystery 83. So I've I've had the big books and, you know, you get them and it's like, okay, what's next? And original art is a natural progression. Um, for some people, you go to the original art, one of a kind, um, which you have, no one else has in the world. So that kind of enticed me to get in. So first thing I did was research. You know, what is original art? You know, and then when I started researching, I'm like, holy cow, there's so many different facets of original art. You know, it, you have traditional artists, you have digital art, you have commissions, you have blue line inks, you have pencils, you have double page spreads, panels. You know, then when you buy art, you have to, you know, depending on the position of the character, the way they are, it increases the value. So it's there's a lot you have to learn when you get into original art. And I think that from my perspective, and again, I'm, I'm the person that won't tell you what to do. I'll just tell you what I did. What I did was I narrowed it down to, to what I like. Um, as you can see that picture with doom, that's young King and doom. It's, it's a modern art piece, straight pencils. Um, that's an ink page. I ha also have the pencil page. So the art dealer that I deal with his it's comic art connect, Josh, great guy he educated me to the game understood what i liked and so he told me what to look out for and if you can buy your art pieces that include the pencils and when i say pencils and i'm going to show well afterwards i'll show you a quick example but when i say pencils it's the actual pencil to the board 
There's no gimmicks. It's just the artist's true work. It demonstrates their true work. And so, you know, that piece I have the pencils for. And it up close, the detail is incredible. Um, <clears throat> and so... This is the pick on the far right, correct? At the bottom, where you see Doom. That middle panel with Doom. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's yep. that's that's Doom. That's Young Kang, and so it's a it's called a double page spread, which is two boards, it takes up two pages. Mm-hmm. So, and then nice. um, I'll just go through each piece quickly. Up top, you see Null. That's a Momoko piece from. It's the cover from King in Black, her variant. Okay, and she does hers in pencil and watercolor, and up close, that detail is amazing. It's just. It's just the talent she has to do that. And it's also signed by her, too. Um, you move over to Venom. That's straight watercolor. Straight watercolor. That's that's just a commission piece. And that's another thing is, do you want published art, unpublished art, a commission? You know, so there's different types that you can buy. Jason, what and, would be the difference between commission and unpublished? Um, unpublished is a piece that Marvel or DC or any one of the companies, they don't use. And the artist sells. Got it. It's I think not it published. Something that you asked to do. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And they may go a different route. So you know, I have some unpublished art. Um, I actually have a Wolverine cover that's unpublished. It's just, it's very nice. And I don't understand why they didn't go with it, but it's. I do have a, um, some unpublished pieces. Um, then when you move over from the Venom, I started getting into cover art, um, and the reason why is there's more value um, from my research and what I think. There's more value in cover art. That cover is the actual cover from Dark Web, the first issue, the variant cover. So, you know, it's up front, up close. The detail is it's this original artwork. The details are incredible. Um, you just you just have to know what you like, link up with a good, reputable dealer, tell them what you like, and they the dealer should educate you and move you into the right direction with original comic art. So who are the all the, so we have Peach Momoko is the null one. Who's, who are the other three artists? Um, you got Carlos Magno for the doom. He's my favorite by far. Um, and then you've got Gomez for the cover of, um, dark web and the commission. Oh man, I forgot who that commission is by. I have to look on the back cause he's signed it. I have to look on the back and get you the name. But, um, I personally like Carlos Magno's work. Okay. Um, and I remember when I first talked to you about it, you were saying like, you can buy a piece from the Bronze Age or the Silver Age, but that's going to cost you thousands upon thousands. You're better off right now if you want to get into this game, buying something newer that's not going to be, as, and then the return you have over that over time is going to be much higher. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, what I did was, you know, look at the prices. And again, you have Silver Age, Golden Age, um, same as comics, modern, copper, you know, same same structure as comics. However, the price structure is different. The further back you go, the more expensive the pieces tend to be. And again, these are one of a kind pieces. So if you see something from the golden age that happens to pop up and it's very rare, then you're going to spend some money um, because the demand is high. Supply is next to nothing. It's only one of a kind. Um, so for me, I said, OK, What's the better bang for the buck? Let me buy some, you know, I know I want a bronze piece, but let me start with some of this uh, modern art. Okay, and how do I buy good modern art? 
that's not digital. That's one thing I don't want is digital art because that takes away, I think, from from the artist's true creativity when they draw. You know, it's just they use a, a laptop or some type of sophistication system and it's all digital what they do. Well, Where I have one di- question on that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to interrupt, but um, no. that's all that McFarland seems to do anymore is uh, on the, the di- on that stuff, digital yeah. pad that he has, which is, I was like, damn, I wish I could have had one of those years ago. But so those aren't as, they're still... I guess they're, they're good. I mean, there, there's a market for digital art. Just me personally, I think it's not the artist's true creativity. It's digitized. So, you know, they're not putting the, the actual graphite pencil to the board. They're putting the, they're using, you know, software. Right. To help them draw the art. And you can tell the difference kind of between um, original, you know, traditional artists and which are very few and um digital art and then too you got to think digital art helps meet meet the demand there's a high uh, demand now so they yeah. have to turn out this work quick J- yeah. jason i brought this story up on, a, on our previous episode but did you see recently so we brought up tom mcfarland that video of him at new york comic-con and the guy rolls up with the original 423 piece all i like, did all i did was drop imagine? my head like holy jeez i mean so just so like our viewers have a understanding if batman 423 original cover art came up for sale what is that even what realm are we talking about dollar wise do you think uh hundreds of thousands you're probably talking um i'm gonna guess you're probably talking a high probably 50s 50 000 and up yeah if not more and I, I think I'm lowballing it. So, yeah. But yeah, that's that's a one of a kind piece. McFarland's, you know, now ten, the people to me are shifted towards, okay, they can't afford the the art from the '80s. Some people are priced out. Now they're looking for the art in the '90s. It's still affordable. So it's kind of it's kind of like trickling down. So Todd McFarland is the hot guy now. Everybody wants his art, and or wants his signature. So, you know, that piece, man. Oh God, I wish I was the one holding that. So when we're talking about affordability and you're talking about, you know, going after more modern pieces, are we talking about a piece would be in the few hundred dollar range or is it a few thousand dollar range? I still don't know what like kind of like the opening window or the barrier or the entry is here. Well, <clears throat> and then price is dictated kind of by uh, let's let's keep it digital or traditional. So digital art tends to be from what I see less expensive. So you can easily get a good digital piece um, from a book um, from fifty from probably fifty bucks on up. Oh, okay. Yeah, traditional. You know, you're gonna you're gonna hike it up a little bit more depending on the book, depending on you know, if it's it's just like comics. If it's a key book, then that weighs in. If it's uh, a key character, um, it does the character show in every panel? What position are they in? Can you see is a is a character facing front sideways? There's a lot of variables, but for that, it starts anywhere from eight hundred on up. Okay. Yeah. And when you were saying pencils and ink, do you always get both, or is that do you have to? I get sure both. You... No, you but do they like always do... come? Do they always come together? No, no, they don't. Um, it all like bronze, it's hard for the bronze and you know the copper and going back. It's hard to get that combination. But modern art, um, it's it's more um, obtainable at that point. You can probably catch a good pencil page with the actual ink page together as a set. 
mm-hmm. you know, with the modern art. It's it's kind of rare. I haven't seen it with art going back copper, bronze, or silver age. Got it. Um, would there be uh is there a grail that you would be chasing in the original art world, or are you just yeah. open to kind of checking it all out? What would be your there's, grail? There's and again, I I <laughs> Again, it my taste evolved, but I, I'm careful about what I get. You know, you have to I've learned to be picky and be patient, but there is a piece that I'm after and I didn't it was in Heritage a couple months back and I didn't win it. It's the cover to What If Thirty Two with Corvac on the front, Michael Corvac. Okay. And you know, I hey, I threw a bid in for a thousand, but the thing sold for like I think twenty or thirty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I was in it for a second, man. You know, yeah. I was in it to win it. <laughs> but I'm after that piece. And it, you know, who knows? That piece may come back up another four years from now, two years from now. But when people get those pieces, they hold them. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh that's awesome though. I mean, like that stuff you got on the wall there's obviously pretty so do you do the whole um same thing system, road to a key to fund this stuff, or do you have a special side pot you make for this kind of stuff? <laughs> well, I pulled, um, you know, my my own money to get started in um, original art, and then actually a little bit of my own money, but I use comic money yeah. to fund it. To be honest with you, comic money funded probably ninety five percent of me getting the art, you know, building that pot up. So um, it all started with that one piece at the bottom, that Doom piece, and I paid a lot for that. That wasn't in the eight hundred dollar range. That was a little up there. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I use comics to fund everything if I can. Yeah. Do you have a, um, what's more important or what's more loved, the comics or the art? Or uh, the art that is? That's an easy question. Now, I would say the art. Uh, because again, the reason why is it's, it's one of a kind. I can sit and look right. at it and say, I'm the only one that has this. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, that's the rarity of that. Yeah, and that's that's the whole draw to it. I mean, again, it's a natural progression from from comics, but if you really want to get serious and open that wallet and start down a new journey, I mean, comics are great. It's good. It's good to have what you want and what you like. But if you get like the itch to say, I think I want a piece of art, that means you you're you you're evolving and you want to try something new. And then, like I said, I suggest to start off with. Not, oh, just buy a piece of art and see if you like it. Because if you want that, I can send you a piece and see if you like it. But start off with a character that you like and buy a good piece. And if you can, get a cover piece. Because they hold value and they rise in value. Yeah. Um, where Where would one person, like, if they wanted to start purchasing original art... Obviously, you gave the name of the dealer that you use. He's on Instagram. Where else would you recommend people go and look for this kind of thing? I recommend people go to like the auction houses, Heritage, Comic Connect, Comic Link. Um, There's some um, reputable IG um, sellers. Once in a while, they have art up. Um, A place called Panel Page Art. You can go to, thumb through, and see what he has. There's also, um, you can go to Comic Art Fans. They have a sell section. You can look at what people are selling from their collections. But again, I suggest first to um, do a little research on, on, on the art aspect so you know how to identify if someone's trying to overprice you on blue line ink artwork. And you can say, and this is, is this blue line? I, you know, and nah, I'll pass on that. I'm not going to pay $1,000 for that. It's blue line. So let's see what else you got. So. 
educate yourself first Got before it. you make a buy. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Took us uh, what a whole year to get used to used to comics, so take us another whole year to get and know the artwork part of it, right? If if, man, yeah, if I was at so least nervous year, when I made more. yeah, you're you're exactly right. I was so nervous when I made my first buy, and it was like I was super cautious because you know I went from the whole nervous about buying paying for it it being shipped to me and then when it actually arrived to me opening it i mean I yeah was i mean think about how nervous we get yeah so that's what everyone's gonna say like think about how nervous sometimes we get with comics we buy comics are this big some of those pieces behind you are huge and you talk about like not wanting the thing bent not wanting the thing rolled like that's gotta be nerve-wracking it is it is and if someone rolls your comic card don't buy that shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing but yeah. the packages are huge. I mean, these are all 11 by 17 behind me. So they're not huge. It's just, you know, these are pieces from my portfolio that I value the most. I mean, I have some good stuff, but these are the ones that I value the most. And it took a lot for me to get them. You know, they're very rare. Um, they meant a lot. The dealer helped me find what I like. And again, personally, I recommend a dealer that will educate you before you buy. That's a good dealer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, recently, this is not original art, but I was down at an antique store, and this is a friend of mine who who knows comics a lot and um, been into it for a long period of time, and has bought some big golden age books. Mm. There was a original artwork. It was, but it, it was artwork from Hulk one eighty one, but it was the color panel, right? So there's a difference between the original art or whenever they did the panels. And then they had the color on there and the guy had it nicely framed. He wanted 90 bucks for it. And I'm like, Oh, it's a panel from 181. This would be pretty cool to have. And I asked my buddy and he's like, no, oh, that's not even, that won't hold its value or it's not worth 90 bucks or something. Cause yeah. it was black and white with a couple color panels of that book. I think he might still have it for 90 bucks. Maybe I would have bought it, but I would have thought it was original art or, you know, I was thinking, oh, like the Frank Miller stuff from Dark Knight. Look at this. It's right here in this antique store. I could have got a 181 original panel, but it, mm -hmm. it wasn't because I didn't know. And luckily I called him, but I wouldn't have been out a ton. 90 bucks isn't a big deal. But, right, right. you know, if you're spending a hundred, couple hundred bucks. Then, yeah. Yeah. But see, that's that's the whole thing about um, educating yourself on because you would have probably it sounds like you were looking at a the color guide. Like at the end yeah, of the process, was, they, yep. they color and. It's kind of smaller and it's the actual book, but it's the panels are laid out. So, yep. again, you know, I suggest there's a book I can send you that it's not a, a long read. It's a quick read and it hits the key points on original art and, you know, beginning what you should do. I'll send you some links to a couple of websites that I read and a few IG people because um, and YouTube. And that's another place I went to to educate about myself about comic art was YouTube, you know, just to see what what's out there for beginners who need to, who want to collect original art. Yeah. No, that'd be good. Cause you can all make easy mistakes. When who's you your, don't know what who, you're looking at. Who's your favorite character? I, I would. Spider-Man Wolverine or Punisher. I'd say, but even my three, those are good. But characters. now it's booster gold and blue beetle. <laughs> <laughs> Omega red. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would oh, yeah. I would suggest you know start with um start with the Wolverine page. You can get a nice Wolverine traditional art page. Um, start there, buy a piece, you know, see if you like it, get it framed if you if you really love it, 
And just that first piece is always going to be the piece you're going to keep forever. So that's why I say don't just buy a piece that you like just to feel it out. You know, really understand right. it. Buy yourself a good piece. <laughs> yeah. No, they doesn't. They don't come framed. You got to go get them framed. Yeah, yeah. You go I get them framed. That same question when we first talked. That's that's okay. the expensive part. No, but oh, yeah. yeah, getting them framed is not that expensive. Um, honestly, I went to Michaels. Catch them on it. They yep. always have 80 percent off. And then when you go get a frame, there's different types of you know frames, the glass, museum style. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So, yep. yeah. And then, too, I'm going to show you an example of pencils. So recently I bought I bought this piece. It's done by Jim Starling. It's it's he was taking a request for um, for commissions. So I said, hey, you know what? I want a Thanos piece because he was focusing on the Thanos character and to have Thor's to have Mjolnir just going by his head and him looking like Mjolnir. And he did this. So this is all pencil work. From Jim Starling. You asked him to do that exact piece. I commissioned him to do that. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. And yep. you might have said this earlier, but what's it cost to get someone to commission like of Jim Starling, Mike Zeck, <coughs> those guys from the eighties to get them oh, to those do Those guys piece are like popular. That. So it's gonna cost you I mean that I mean, I'm gonna be up front. That cost me eleven hundred dollars to get that. So depending on oh. the popularity of the artist, you know, it it, it can vary. It can vary. Yeah, JP, have you been, like, when you go to a con and there's, like, an artist there, like, you can set up commissions and, like, in between things, you'll see them kind of sitting there drawing these things out. Um, but I've never actually, like, asked what the cost is. Like, so it's it's nice to know that what that cost is. And that's an awesome, awesome And it's cool that you said exactly that, and that's exactly what he gave you. Yeah, I was shocked. He did it. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. But they also offered the colorizer. There was a color, a, a person that would ink it. And I'm like, no, I just want straight pencils. Just, I appreciate the pencil work more because, again, like I said, it's the it's the true artist work. Like it's their actual work. <laughs> now, is there some way you got to frame that one? Because over time, the don't those pencils won't they? If you, I mean, I'm not going to frame this one. Um, this one, I'm going to keep in a portfolio book that I have, a big 13 by 19 portfolio book. So, um, and then there's sleeves inside of there that preserve the artwork very okay. well. Because it can get smeared or something sometimes. Yeah. I, I mean, my old books can get smeared and get, they're nothing like that. But I was just worried somehow preserve it like a CGC does with books and get it preserved so it doesn't ever smear. Yeah, you can do that too. You can do that too. Um, next time you go to a con, you know, CGC does do artwork. A lot of people buy prints too. And those are prints or multiple copies of an image, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. You see those always hanging up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll sign your print, but your print is one of probably a thousand or two thousand prints. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. Real quick, Joe, J or not real quick, but JP, if you have any more original, I was gonna say let's. I wanted to ask him about the omnibuses behind them, but if you have any more original art questions, let's let's do that first. No, we can. I'm sure more will come up, but let's go to the omnibuses and then we'll. If yeah, so Jason, another uh, another thing that you have that we haven't talked to anybody about is the Omnibus, right? And you've got obviously dozens behind you. Kind of tell us a little bit about that. All right, Omnibus. The move to that was, again, another natural progression because I only have Omnibus of the characters that I like or the story arcs that I like or the runs that I like. So there are people who have tons and tons and tons of them. So I, I it looks like I have a lot, but I don't. But... I got into Omnibus, um, again, I got back into comics in 2018, and 
I didn't know anything. I don't know anything about grading. Well, like, I'm like, why are these people putting plastic, their comics in plastic? I'm from there. Buy two copies, put them in a, a bag, tape it, and store it, and hope it lasts a long time. So <clears throat> I saw these these books. I'm like, why are people buying these books? And there was an IG guy who I connected with, um, and he told me, he's like, omnibus are collective volumes. And sometimes people buy them because they don't want, they want to, one, downsize their collection, but keep keep you know what they have but keep it in a different format so they buy these omnibus books so i'm like eh. at first i didn't like them but then i bought one um i actually bought a spider-man the spider-man one you know i'm like this is cool it's got everything you know all, you know amazing fantasy 15 it's got spider-man one you know one through whatever and there's different volumes so that's how i got into it just as I'm downsizing my, my collection, I can still keep my collection, but in a more condensed fashion. And they're cool. They look good. They, uh, they go for, for some money, too. They're two $300, right, for an omnibus? Well, yeah, if you buy it straight out, there's places where you can go to get them and, you know, you can pre-order or you can catch them on on eBay or from different um, sites for, like, 70 80 bucks. You don't, you know, I don't ever pay more than let's say 90 bucks for an omnibus never because i hear uh when you know i listen to jim mint and those guys early on and and he was a big omnibus guy yeah he's and, got a whole uh, library yeah and i i he's got it i watch youtube i was watching youtube video and a guy found them at a garage sale and he said they were 250 or 300 bucks a piece and i was like wow geez i probably walked past a ton of them you know in the garage sales no. and antique stores, not knowing. I am going to tell you though, there are some that do cost that because it's if they're and again, it's just like comics. Are they out of print? Um, what is the omnibus about? Because um, I have the run. Like, look behind me. You see the Green Lantern. Okay, that's the that's a uh, a run, and those omnibus probably cost one hundred and fifty a piece because it's very popular. It's a good run. He's a good writer. And so, and it's omnibus that are in high demand and they're not in print anymore. So they mm. demand a little bit more in value. You can demand more in value. So it all depends. It's, it's just like comics. It all depends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see them very often, like I said, except a few YouTube videos and I may have passed over them, but I did start to buy trade paperbacks, which is not the same, right? That's not no. anywhere. No, yeah. trade paperbacks is soft covered and it doesn't collect all the volumes in one. Um, again, I suggest if, yeah, if like, you want to go down the omnibus road, just collect what you like. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this is just one to read the whole story. But, you know, I'd rather have, you know, like you got back there with the whole Spider-Man run from number 15, you know, uh, Amazing Fantasy 15. All up, up to current. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Have you read all those behind you? Well, here's here's my plan. I read some of them, but my plan is when I retire, I built my library and I could just chill, go. sell some comic art here and there, sell some comics and just read. See, just read. my original retirement plan was to go to every football stadium and watch whoever play. Now I may do that. What you just said sounds much yeah. better. It's like, like <laughs> I um, just the other day changed, there was right? someone, you know, asking me about there was someone asking me about. Uh, oh, did you sell? Did you sell your AF15? And I'm like, okay, but 
I can pull out AF-15 anytime I want. It's right behind me. So, you know, and that leads me back to what you were saying earlier, Ron. You were talking about um, how you used to look at, uh, you know, like, I guess it was a scale of how popular the character was and all that. This omnibus um, here, Marvel Universe, the deluxe edition. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the Marvel Universe books that would come out and it would give like, uh, and I'll just open up the page to one, but it gives you the, and I call it the schematics of oh yeah know, of a hero or villain. And so in the 80s, that was real big with me and my friends. We would just battle like, okay, this character would beat this character. No, they won't. Well, here's it. Here's what this character does. Here's their powers. You know, you you would have the information to back up your uh, your claim. So this was this was the power rating story you said to bring back up. Right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a good way. I mean, like, it's much easier to pull down one of those books than it would be to like flip through dozens of comics. Um, right, right. And again, it's I mean, space. It's space. You know, are you really going to collect? Go ahead. I was just saying, do you have to worry about condition two of those? I mean, yeah, you can I flip mean, through them without worrying. You don't, don't really want to but... you don't want an omnibus where the dust jacket and these dust jackets come off, and so you don't want a dust jacket that's all ripped up or the binding, you know, is is off and the book is all wobbly. You want a nice tight bind, um, the the dust jacket to look good. You can always reorder dust jackets, but you know those are things you want to look out for when you get an omnibus. So, oh, again, is, is CGC slabbing these things now too? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> You, that, you, you know kill how expensive some of those that things. would be. No slab. Yeah, I, I mean they do video games, right? And those cases are like that thick. Yeah, yeah. No slab. Well, that's the thing. So we, to read through them like that, though, you're gonna, you're gonna, they're gonna be well read or well used, as people would call comic books. Yeah, if they're gonna, gonna be. Go when people, all. yeah, when people read through them, and I got some here that I bought off eBay, you know, and they're in good condition. People usually read them once, or they never read them, and don't get to them, and they sell them on eBay, and you can snag them up. Um, kind of cheap. Like behind me, you see the spawn. That's brand new. It's still in the plastic. So I'll have the other four oh, volumes yeah, yeah. Um, later. But that's something that later on in life, I'm going to read that because that's what I wanted. I always like spawn. So I have the spawn origins, volume one through five. You can pull right, it on nice. anytime I want. <laughs> right on. So since we were talking about AF15, I wanted to kind of transition <laughs> back to that. So JP, I don't know if you were aware. So Jason worked four years to get AF-15. He got it, and then he sold it. So Jason, why don't you pick back up from there where we're going? Yeah, I know. People think I'm crazy, but here's the deal. You talked to Lawrence about this and Errol about this. So, again, it's, it's, it's what books are you after? And, you know, I got the AF-15. It's, it's a book I always wanted. But then I got to thinking there's a bigger book that I want. You know, so what do I need to do to get to that bigger book? You got to be willing to make sacrifices. And so one of the things that helped me make the decision was when you buy big grails, let's call them, or gorilla books that me, Lawrence and Errol joke about. But when you buy these big books, you really have to understand you are making an investment. I don't care what people say. You're making an investment when you get to that big high dollar area and one of the thing is print count. There's over 3,000 copies of AF-15. There might be more out there. So that's an easy book to get. I can get, a, I can get an AF-15 at another time. But I can't find or get a Batman 1 that easy. Or an Action 23. 
that easy. So low print count, they're extremely rare. So the scarcity is there. And those are books that I'm after. First appearance of Lex Luthor, um, Action 23, and then Batman 1, you all know Lawrence got his. So those are two books that I'm after. So I'm, you know, I don't have, I didn't have the emotional attachment. I sold AF-15. That money's in the pot. And we're building the pot now to buy something bigger. And that's part of Road to a Key when I do the update is making sacrifices, you know, um, not having the emotional attachment to books that you have and then you lose, you know, oh, I got it. What's next? That means you want something bigger. Um, so two questions. So Batman one is obviously one that you're hoping to acquire. Um, one, first question, do you have a timeline that you think you could manage? Second question, now that Lauren Scott, no. does that kind of want you to pump up the timeline? <laughs> No, me, Errol, and Lawrence, um, we joke around and, you know, we keep each other on point. But I don't have a specific timeline. All I know is that book is going to continue to go up in value. Yeah, no okay? doubt. So I can, I can get a Batman one now, but the goal of Road to a Key is to show the people that, look, this is what I'm going after and this is how I'm going to get it. So they're going to be keys that I buy in the interim that I can flip. And I prefer, I prefer to buy raw. So you have to know how to raw grade when you see a book the best mm-hmm. you can. Oh, there we are. So, okay. So with that in mind, um, using the road to the key method, we don't need to talk specific dollars here, but what percentage of the pot do you think you have in place to go and get it? Right now, yeah, I probably got sixty five percent of it. Sixty five percent of it, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, do you, you have do you have any preferences on like like Lawrence got a six restored? Do you have any preferences on like one you would want? I, it's a Batman one, so I want to complete. You know, I wouldn't mind a coverless one and slap a facsimile cover on it. I mean, we're talking Batman one and the scarcity of it. But mm-hmm. restored, I'm I'm the same as Lawrence. It all depends on you know what the restoration was that was done to the book. Because if it's something that I can get undone to get that blue label, and it's worth it after a lot of research, then fine, I would do that. But I, I right now a point five would do me. I'm I'm not picky about a Batman one because of the scarcity of that book. Mm-hmm. But you don't want the restore one. You want the blue label. I'll take restore, but I prefer the blue label. So 0.5 blue is probably going to be one without the pinup on the back. And you're okay with that? 0.5 may have the pinup on the back, though. May, it may, yeah, it may. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, it's a Batman 1. And, and honestly, I saw a pinup for sale on uh, eBay a couple of weeks back. So that's something you can find down the line and probably get it married. But right now, I, I'm after just a good Batman 1, and I don't mind a 0.5 at all. With the missing, you said back facsimile pinup. cover. The facsimile cover. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something. If let's say if I did find a Batman one, coverless, and I would want that, I would pay for it, work a deal, but I would throw a facsimile cover over it, just to, so the Batman one can show, and I probably get it CGC'd. But yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Hmm. Just, Have you just not the seen presentation. Those 
No, I've seen those. I there's a guy. There's an antique store near me that has a uh, Action Comics number forty, and it's uh it's Superman. I think with the the train behind him or something. It's it's a significant cover. It's a couple thousand bucks, and I saw it on the wall, and it was like four hundred dollars. And I was like, I think I can I could flip that, right? And he, you know, I think that's a good price. So I took it down, and I and I looked through it, and and the back when you open up the front cover, it's all white. So mm-hmm. someone had just basically made a copy cover to cover yeah. the it was a coverless See. version, and I was like, ah, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, no. Well, no, we have a graded one over here that's like a one zero, and he wanted twelve hundred bucks for that, which was what in line for a one zero would be, right? Or actually, it was probably more. But I was like, Ah, now nah, I'm not spending four hundred bucks. Right. But again, you're going to spend way more than that on a Batman one coverless, correct? I mean, that's I mean, right? And and, and put your thinking was right. I mean, you have to be picky. Um, like you're talking the top tier books now, like action one. If that, you know, people will buy clippings from that book for thousands of dollars. You got Batman one, Superman one. So we're in a different tier of books and coverless at that point. It, it doesn't matter. It's the scarcity of the book and actually owning the complete book. Yeah. At that point. Jason, if I remember correctly, didn't you just recently purchase a page from Batman one? Yeah, actually, I did. Um, I purchased page, what was it, eight, I believe. I don't have it with me. I would show it, but um, I did buy a page from Batman 1. Just, you Is know, that the punch page where he punches yeah, the Joker? Yeah, the battle scene. He punched yeah. the Joker. So it's just, it's a it's a scarce page. Um, it's a key page, iconic page from that book. And it's more motivation for me. It's like, okay, I, now I own a piece of Batman 1. So it's it keeps me motivated and keeps me going. So if you get Batman one, would you then use that page to sell then you put the pot into the pot for the next one? I would probably sell it, but I don't, there's nothing really, um, when I get Batman one, there's nothing really that I'm going to be after. I mean, that's action one tech 27. Those things are way out of my league. I mean, those are hundreds and hundreds of thousands and yeah. millions of dollars. Yeah. JP, Jason's got a, if you look at his Instagram feed, he's got this one picture and it's got three <laughs> facsimiles of AC one tech 27 and Superman one. And he's like, this is the hope for what my future PC looks yeah. like in the real yeah. versions. Yeah. Oh so yeah. I just too. picked up the uh, loot crates. I have the, uh, all three of them. Well, the, well no, I think it's more, but I have more fun comics, tech 27 and action one. All right. So all right. And- I mean, that's just cool to have them. Yeah, yeah, they're cool to have if you want to read it. And then, too, back to Road to a Key. So, you know, I am after, again, like I said, Batman 1, but what is it? what does the road look like getting there? Because I started my pot with X amount of dollars, and, then, you know, you're going to see this all on the channel when I do my update. But the first book I bought from flipping this year was um, Superman 53, The Origin. I, you know, bought it. This is about a good 6.0 yeah, that's right awesome. here. Yeah, nice yellow cover. Look at that. Love cover. I love the yellow Superman covers. Exactly, exactly. So, and that's the only really book that I bought this year outside of the, you know, origin of um, Lex. Nice. Adventure Comics 271. So, you know, that, these books are, again, part of that road to a key. And will I flip them? Yeah. I'll flip them eventually um, and use that money to add to the pot to keep going. Um, and where where do you sell the books that you're flipping? Um, I use IG if I can, but short boxed um, eBay, 
some some of the uh, houses that you see on IG, like probably Elite. I use them a couple of times. Um, Blue Chip Comics, I develop a relationship with him. I may go through him a couple of times, but it, it all depends on how big the book is and the dollar amount, really the dollar amount. Okay. What did you some of those guys will do non-graded books. They won't. Some won't do raw, correct? Elite won't I, do raw. No, Elite won't do raw. Um, the short box do raw. You know, I talked to them before a couple of weeks ago, and they're trying to go down that way. I, I think I don't know, but it's hard to find dealers that do raw books. I think um, your best bet is to go to, to like the auction houses, um, Heritage, um, Comic Connect, you know, Comic Link. They do raw books. What did you sell your AF-15 through? What site? I sold it through, believe it or not, Shortbox. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I always flip through kind of the Shortbox apps. It's kind of fun to look at stuff. So I definitely like cruise Yeah, there's some, there's some good books there. And as we were talking, I just had, I see people, you know, reaching out to me saying, hey, I can't believe you sold your AF-15. You know, it's, it's again, it's, there's a bigger book that I'm after. Um and I figure, you know, why not flip AF-15, um, release the emotional attachment to it? Because, again, the head, there's so many of them that you can get another one at any time. And that's what people can't get past. I have a hard time with that because if you <laughs> – what's wrong with having AF-15 and Batman 1? Right? Nothing. Like if there's a way to flip, you know. Nothing because here, here's here's <laughs> – See, these are things you're going to see on Road to a Key, and I'm going to give you a kind of a clue. So I will have AF-15 back in the collection, but at the moment, there's a bigger key that I'm after. So if I'm after Batman 1, what am I willing to give up to get that? You yeah. Know, as Errol would say, you got to open up the wall to get the big books if you want them. Yeah, and I think, and JP, you and I mm -hmm. have talked about this when I talk about how some of the books I've flipped to get up to bigger books is that the books that I've given up are the understanding is that if I do want them back, that they're easily re, you know, easily we'll say relatively depending on what we're talking about. They are books that are much easier to reacquire than the ones that I'm using them to get is. Right. Right. And that's the key. You know, if, if you know that there are books that you want, like a lot of people are after 181, a lot of people are after, it, it all depends on, on what you're after. And so me personally, I'm after that action 23 and Batman one. How do I get it? I got to flip what I have. And in the whole process too, I'm downsizing Yeah. at the same time. I will say that the action comics 23, the first Lex Luthor, that's a book I see less than Batman one. It's not like you see Batman one often. Oh yeah. Action 23 has a, it's rare. It has a lower print count. I think there's, and don't quote me, but I think there's only 76 copies on the census. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm looking for the right copy and the right grade um, I saw a raw, raw copy, but kind of scared to buy it raw. Again, that whole AF-15 factor came back to me like, is what's the restoration? Is there a tape? Yeah. All, this, all these unknown variables that you have to think about when you buy raw books at that caliber. Um, so yeah, there's, yeah. Um, I was going to say, you guys, I don't know if you guys listen to Bronze and Modern Gods um, with John and, um, and Richard. There's two guys. They do a good job every week when they, they release their video, but Richard wanted to buy an AF-15 and he just could, he said, I, I don't know if I could do it over the, over, you know, internet and getting it shipped to me without physically holding that book, especially like you're saying about restoration, right? You want to look at it and hold it because send, send out 10, 12, I don't know how much that Lex Luthor book, maybe more than that. 
And if it's restored, you're done, right? You need to, yeah. I'd, I'd want to see the person or find someone within a hundred miles I could drive to and look at that and then pay them that way. Yep. And you know, that's one of the factors good. I thought about. And that's where you go. If you can't, you find a reputable dealer that you've dealt with before who has a reputation and who will look out for you as the buyer. You yeah. know, and take his own interest of making money off you out of the picture to get you what you no. want. And I mean, no, I, I will say too, like with a Batman one, let's just say, right. Mm-hmm. This is thousands of dollars. I mean, I, you know, you could very well likely consider just like wherever you do find the one you want, like consider like, Hey, I'm going to fly out. Cause I mean, the cost of a plane ticket is potentially a drop in the bucket <laughs> compared to what you're going to drop on the book itself. Right. Right. And if it gives yeah. you that peace of mind, like it probably is well worth it. Yeah. Some people well, do that. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Now when you talk about a comic dealer, when you buy real estate, you you have your real estate person and they have theirs. And sometimes they're dual roles. Should you have your own comic dealer and then they have theirs and then they kind of that guy's that guy or girl is working in your favor to find you know, the book? A, you know, that that's a good point. And it all depends on the person and their appetite of how they buy. Um, it's always good to have a broker in the middle. But again, a broker takes a fee. You know, right. so whatever he finds or they find, he or she finds for you, you have to tack on their fee on top of that. So it's tough to find someone that will just be in your corner to help you get what you need. Um, I still keep in contact with the guy I bought the, I was the second owner of the AF 15. So it didn't pass too many hands and I bought it raw. So I still keep in contact with him. It's just at this point, there's a bigger book. I'm not afraid to give it up because I know, I mean, I can go out and get another AF-15, you know, today if I wanted to. But again, road to a key, there's books that I'm after that, you know, I want to invest in. And that's more important to me at this point. And I will have another AF-15 back in a PC, though. That was going to be my uh, one of my follow-up questions. So once you acquire Batman 1 and Action 23... Would that be the next book then for you back is getting back AF-15 or do you have other goals beyond that? Like realistic goals, we'll say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Backtrack, get the AF-15, just get the top 10 books that I want to have on my PC long-term. And when I say long-term, I mean like 20 plus years Mm -hmm. and probably pass them down. Um, There are books that I bought for my kids that they will, they will appreciate. They have it 20 years from now. Like I bought the UF4 125 Dejervic like years ago. And now that Before it was $43,000. No, I know. I didn't buy it. I wasn't lucky enough. I wasn't smart <laughs> enough to buy. Remember I had just got back into comics. So I wasn't smart enough. I bought a CBCS book. Um, it was a nine four and I recently had it cracked last year to have the Bendis signing was happening. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take a shot. This thing may come back higher. So, dun, 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 it didn't <laughs> came back a nine two. Oh. But I have I have a good nine two that signed um, that, that book. There's only like a thousand copies, so yeah. you know, just ten miles is what the kids like. That's yeah. what the kids like. So yeah, that's my goal too. Like I I've mentioned before in the show that I have three kids, and I my hope is that one of them gets into it with me, and it's something that I can pass on down to them. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I don't know. My kids are old enough; they would have been into it by now. But it started with me early, you know, as a kid. And, and pick back up like you did. But 2020, 2021, like Rohan, we, I got back in. But my kids, I, I got, you can see my room. They don't come down here and I have any interest. <laughs> just yet. Oh, so, so JP, you got back in in 2021? 
Yeah. How difficult was I, it for you to adjust to the way things are? Did you feel a sense that you had to hurry up and catch up that you missed a lot? Well, I sort of, I was into it throughout the nineties. And then when that, when the bubble crashed or burst, I got out of it and then college happened and, and you know, life and my kids were younger in the early two thousands and I had not missed any Marvel movie and I had the toys for the kids mm-hmm. and I just avoided the comics. I don't know why I still kept my, I had a, a short box and for some reason in 2018, I sold uh, my McFarlane run of the 298 through 300 and I didn't get much for it. I thought it was about time, you know, Christmas time, get a couple hundred bucks and be done. And that was the first thing I wanted to get when I got back into it in 2021 is just get back the books I had. Right. So 300, 238 were a couple that I had. And then it just took off from there. So I kind of wanted to catch up and get those books back and then realize that you want to have them graded. And you want to have, at least I thought, when you're buying higher end books, because they weren't $100 anymore. They were five, six, seven, $800 books now. Right. Yeah. So I felt right. more comfortable buying graded books it's wild i think so i came back in the spring of 2022 so even Mm -hmm. after jp and so when i started you know it was the comic market was in that peak boom or you know at the peak and before it kind of started to come down and like i just give you a perfect example of like when i started i was like man a lot of these books are so far out there like this is you know it's okay i'm just going to focus on you know some copper age books that i can afford some good keys on and things like that like and i'll give you a perfect example so I went to this con, my first con, which was um, last June, and mm-hmm. my favorite character is Silver Surfer, and of course, so one of the key Silver Surfer books you want to get is Silver Surfer Four, right? It's one of my, it's my favorite Silver Age cover, right? And there was a two point five at this um, con, and it was thirteen hundred dollars. I was like, man, that is expensive, <laughs> and that's just a two point five, yeah, right? I now have a five which I traded for in this past fall and the trade value that I had to get to was $675, right? Mm. Like, so we went from a 2.5 that was $1,300 to a 5.0 that was 675. So like, that was also, that was nice for me to see. It was like, Oh man, this was one of the, <laughs> so when I first got big, I was like, that was one of the big cross. Like, man, if I could somehow build up to that book, I want to get it. And like, now to think I have a twice as good of a grade at half the cost, like exactly. Excellent. Do you guys also but- feel that, if when you got back in knowing what you know now, do you guys feel that you wish you would have had someone to educate you on the whole lay of the land and tell you, Hey, go after this big book rather than go after the smaller books. I mean, I think it's all a learning process. Plus like my tastes have evolved a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Also understanding, just learning that like, again, I've talked about this before. It's like, you know, before it's like, Oh, I can't afford this $300 book, but I'm going to buy 10, $20 books. And it's like, wait, if I just don't do that and then do that and do that another month, guess what? I can have that $300 book. Right. Um, and so you kind of, as you get into it, it's just, it's all learning. And so like, even though like I, there were, and JP and I have talked about, it's like one of the episodes we want to do on this podcast is 10 things I wish I knew when I started. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Right? And do I wish I knew these things? Of course. But like, again, it's still part of the learning process. And like, it's not like I didn't enjoy it. Like I still had fun doing it. So I don't regret. And at least for me, what I like, what makes me feel good now is all those books that I spent money on, I've been able to trade for exactly. the big books that I want. So I haven't spent any more dollars moving up to these blue chip keys than I had already spent. Like it's already 
so like what I think would, so I, I don't haven't wasted any money, right? Like in a sense, it's like I've now just reformed the collection using what the, the collection was. Right, right. Same thing here. Just, you know, I was in for the mad dash to get, well, I missed this, I missed that. Wait, and I was trying to use the old ideology I was taught in the in the late 80s. It didn't apply now. So, you know, I just wish someone would have tapped me on the shoulder like, wait, slow down. You don't need to do all that. Yeah. <laughs> wait, yeah, what I mean, was, it was, what been... was the 80s again? Say, say, I forgot what you said about that part of it. What oh, did they the tell 80s? you? To do in the... Yeah. Oh, well, the 80s, I was taught, you know, I was uh, old school. You know, I was taught good story, good art, bye. And you knew but, based on those two things, if the story intrigues you, you got a good book. No matter what, and it all depends on the person. So that's how I ended up going cosmic and cosmic characters in the '80s because that really caught my it piqued my interest. And so a yeah, lot of yeah. things I think today, a lot of people don't read comics. This is just my opinion. They go for the cover. It's all cover mm -hmm. buys. So that's why oh, people yeah. kind of shit on modern, but modern's good. It all depends. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a ton more uh, art pieces in the modern books mm -hmm. than there are in the older books. Yeah. And digital. I don't read comics. I was always a cover guy and I loved McFarlane and Jim Lee. So I would read through those books, but I wouldn't read them. I just checked the pictures out because I want to see how they drew, you know, Wolverine cut into Hulk and stuff like that. But it just seems as though, you know, the, this is more FOMO stuff now that we're back. I think we're back oh, to the nineties and that's, but that's what I, that's what I, the part I enjoyed in the nineties. It also stems to baseball and football cards because I tried to spec mm. on who was going to make, you know, who's going to be the top pick for football, right? Andre Ware, you know, he was yeah. going on the Detroit lions with Barry Sanders. He's a f future hall of famer, right? Well, yeah. Jeff George, you know? And so mm. I did that with comics and, so that's when I got out of it because it all buffed it, right, with Superman mm -hmm. 75. Fast forward to now, and my first thing, like I said, I was in a race to go get those books I, I wanted, I didn't have, right? I got right. rid of just to feel whole again. And then I was, then I went to an antique store and I found a couple cool books. And oh, this is the one they just talked about on the hot 10 list. I found oh, it. God. Now I can flip it. And I just got that whole treasure hunting thing right. got me going. And, and that's sort of what keeps me going now. I, I spend, hours looking at uh, auction sites and trying to find deals on that right. people didn't see. Right. Right. You look through and try to notice a book on there on the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, through One a lot. thing though, you got to be careful. And I'm pretty sure you're going to hear, you heard the same, what I'm about to say, you got, I'm pretty sure Errol kind of mentioned it. Lawrence mentioned it. And I'm going to mention it in a roundabout way. FOMO. And I joke FOMO, depending on the person is a, I don't want to FOMO is hard. Because it's a, it's it's if you know marketing like these giants do, they market to you and they tell you subliminally what to buy. So it's kind of like you got to have this because this you got to have that book because of that. Um, so you FOMO into a lot of things, not just comics. There's other things you can FOMO into. But FOMO is hard to control because, again, you just want to have that book or that item because you think it's one of one of a kind or one of a thousand and you own one and then people get upset when they go try to flip it or realize they fomoed into the wrong thing and they get pissed off. But 
you know, and then they end up with a room full of comics, like 30,000 comics, 40,000. I see these guys with 30, 40,000, 40,000 comics. And I'm like, how do you live with that? That's what, what oh, the yeah. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, I just, like one of the fun things about kind of going the road to a key method that you talk about is that when you're working for it and then you get it, that book has so much more meaning, right? Cause we could all theoretically essentially yeah. go on eBay right now, put down a credit card and buy whatever we want. Right. But then you get it. It's like, eh, right. Versus like, I took time. I, you know, flipped this, flipped that, worked to this, worked it up and got this. And now I got it. Like I achieved this goal and just add so much more value personally to that book to you. Yeah. And people are afraid to, you know, once again, I'm taking an arrow quote. People are afraid to open up their wallet. That's it. Like right now, what's everybody formaling? They're formaling into DC Batman now. But. They're not, if you take a step back and look into what people are rushing to buy, if you, if, okay, Superman's going to have Superman legacy, that's going to start the whole this new journey with DC. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so. <laughs> Nine, six, baby. Flip that, flip it, flip it, get rid of it, flip it. <laughs> no, it's hard to do now. I can't do it. I got an offer today on eBay. I'm like, ah, I'm going to Sell it. it. Hey, hey okay. Okay. So. Yeah, we'll this talk offline because that's Hulk that's 81 right here. <laughs> next Hulk one eighty one, believe me. I love it. I love it. Uh, but you know what? That's a book that you like, you got, it's something you're gonna keep. That's cool. That's fine. But think about think about this. You know, let's say DC, Superman. Everyone's chasing that. I I, I think is I forgot which book everyone's chasing. If you really like Superman. You want to know, you start thinking, all right, who are some of Superman's villains? Who were some of the key Superman books? Where do I get the origin from? Those are books that some people may, you may want to go after those books. But in order to go after those books, the turnoff is I got to open my wallet. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's that's well, out that's out of my league. A lot of people, that's out of my league. That's out, that's out of touch for me. And actually is not. Just have some patience, well, think about save, it. flip. The movies didn't move books in the in two thousands, right? No, Spider Man didn't move anymore because of the Tobey Maguire movies. The X Men books didn't move; those were just the repercussions of us collecting in the nineties and eighties, right? right? Because we made those characters popular, and they finally made movies that were decent. So Good the, stories. The books didn't move, right? Right? Do they they move now? And even I don't remember anything hearing much about it in two thousand eight. Because my kids have a ton of dolls, you know, like big stuffed animal, right. Iron Man, Captain America, because mm-hmm. that was popular. But the books didn't catch on. You know, I, I think they slowly moved up. And, and I don't know if COVID helped that or not. It seems like it helped a lot of things, but it, it, it just didn't really. The movies didn't catch on. So that's the thing about DC. Will the movies make Booster Gold the next Hulk 181? I don't know, right? So I Jason, doubt it. Because... You should know the joke we have is is before Booster Gold, JP was banking on Omega Men three first Lobo. Oh and, man, you uh, could, I love that. Man, you should have bought eighteen Gunn, copies of those. James Gunn broke his heart last week. <laughs> I know, but I I found one in an antique store. I found an Omega Man three. I got a graded nine a nine four, I think. So, so JP, let me ask, let me ask you a question. Who's your favorite DC character? I, Let's just I say. Had, let, oh, go ahead. If I had to say it was it was Batman, right? Batman right. and Superman were my probably tops. But if you look at Superman's run, 
besides Superman 75, The Death of Superman, there isn't a key book from like 350 on. There you go. Nothing. There you go. And catching anything early on was like out of my league. So I could buy a $50, $100 Mega Man 3 because I thought Lobo was cool. But I don't know much about Lobo, like besides what I read on Wikipedia, but he just looks like a badass. And I thought he's the Deadpool. At least I thought he was the Wolverine of DC. Now he's more the Deadpool of DC if he ever makes a movie. But I mean, that's the thing. You can spec for 50 to 100 bucks, I think, right? Maybe that hundred bucks could go towards a bigger book, but mm-hmm. if you land one, right, you got you make you make some money. If you don't land it, uh, you're out a hundred bucks, and you know right. probably the book holds its value at least. It doesn't really if you caught it on before it hit, in my opinion. Right, right. So, and that speculation is another thing. But let's say you didn't buy. Let's say, like you said, your favorite character is Batman. Let's say if you would have held that money, and you would have went after, let's say, Batman forty seven the origin of Batman or another Batman key and just keep adding to the pot. You may have been more happy and you may, you may have a book that's rare. And because of that, you may have a book that increases in value and also satisfies your appetite for having a Batman book. Yeah. But, and I'll all, tell you, you know, like a, I said, a good one for that purpose. And you can even consider this kind of spec Batman 181. You can find that book for around 500 bucks, say, First Poison Ivy, potential character that you could spec oh, I've on. I've had that. Yeah. And it, yeah, and it fills your Batman, like, huge key. Like, that's that's what I'm thinking about, like, if I wanted to do something like yeah. that. And, you know, JP, yeah, you, we, you're what just... What we have done for the last <laughs> year. All right, and JP, we're we all weren't... alike. We're all alike. Let's say you did buy a Batman 181. You want that, you want that book to look good. So then you start getting right. into what grade would make me happy. So then you say, all right, I don't want anything less than a 6.0. And then you start seeing the prices and then you may say it's out of my league, but it's never out of your league. It's just a patience thing. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. That's what I think I lack on the comic book side is the patience because oh, I man. do enjoy the, the hunt. JP, don't feel bad. I man, when I came back yeah. and I told you, I scrambled to buy everything that I could. And I just recently understood that I have to slow down. I have to think about the long term, what would make me happy. Um, and having a small PC of 20 books, 15 to 20 books, what would that look like? That's a hard question to answer yeah, for I, yourself. I, see, I'm, I'm probably, there isn't maybe 20 books. There's probably a hundred books I could have. I, I have yep. see? what four, four or five short boxes, one long box. I'd like to sell them all. I don't really care to have runs. I like key books i like great covers and i want to display them that's what i like right. to do as you can see behind me then there's a whole wall in front of me full of stuff right but, and it all depends yours can be 100 Ryan, yours can be 500 me personally mine is 10 i want to get down to those 10 books that i can pull out a little box and say look okay here's this keep my few pieces of art and you know kids here's your strange academy books and here's your uf4 but these are mine and you know, when I get older, I want to sell a couple, and I call it my f off money when I retire. Yeah, you know, I may want to sell a couple of those top ten books, and then have forty grand in the bank. I can go get my cup of coffee from McDonald's and, and a hash brown. <laughs> <laughs> or you could be reading Tech yeah, Twenty Seven, right? People, people want AF15s for all kinds of reasons. Jason wants it for a hash brown and a coffee. That's right, hash yeah. brown and a cup of coffee when I get sixty-seven. <laughs> well, see, that's that's the thing. Like, you, you got these books, like. Okay, Booster Gold. I, I remember seeing this book. I just, you know, not because it was FOMO, but I thought, ah, this might pop for G1 
James Gunn, but it's one that I never I saw, but I never got a, got my hands on it. Same mm-hmm. with um, Secret Wars A, Secret Wars One. There's like so many of them that, as a early like a collector as a kid in the '80s and '90s, you would see posters of them, but I didn't run into them as easily. We didn't have eBay. Right. We didn't have you know. So if your LCS didn't have it, I had to travel into town. And oh, wow. you know, it was like the shady, you know, shady town, <laughs> shady part yeah, of town and yeah. going to the comic book store and trying to find these books. And it wasn't as easy as now. So now I can plaster my wall with all that, you know, Punisher one, uh, you know, amazing Spider-Man 252, just the ones that were full of your childhood. So that's why it makes it harder for me to part with them just because yeah, they're there's an emotional attachment. Yep. And I would I, I would actually this is stupid. So no one shoot me for this, but I would, I would take a Tech Twenty Seven. I would take a Batman One, but McFarlane's Four Twenty Three. I'm just as happy having that one on a wall, See? in my opinion. I would there not turn down either one of those other two books, but I'm like, this is the best Batman cover, in my opinion, yeah. right? First print Four Twenty Three, Nine Point Nine. Can't go wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's I and that's <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's 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 your key. And everybody has their own particular key. But I'm going to challenge you. So let's say, JP, is there a book that you want right now that you're saying, nah, it's kind of out of my league a little bit. I'll wait. Now, notice how I said I'll wait. Do you have that book that that catches your eye like that? And if it does, I challenge you. He knows what it is. I'll give you a year. I bet you you have that book. If you do. It's, it's a 181. I just can't bring myself to. Oh, you oh, want a 181? Man, you better buy him. one now. <laughs> oh, we're, we're working on it. I found him a good deal on one. We're working on it. Oh, yeah? I'm not saying it's a bad deal, but I just, I, I have a limit of how much I want to spend on a particular book. Because I, I saw don't a 4.5 for 2100. 4.5 uh, Hawk 181 I would buy for 2100. Where's that? Yes. I'll, I'll send it to you after we uh, conclude. There we if go. It's oh, still yeah, there. definitely. Now's the time. Like, my limit is two grand on a book. I think I can. I can talk my wife into being okay with two grand. If I go much above that, I'm probably going to be in trouble. JP, this is why you got to use the road to a key method. That way, you're not actually trade. spending your money. You build trade. up the pot. I know, but what you got. Every year, I would get birthday money from my from my from my dad. So if I have twenty years worth of birthday money. I didn't buy anything with. So I could buy so- this for it, but I'm like. Eh. <laughs> So you know, look, here, like, here you know, I got enough to buy, but I'm like, yeah. So JP, here's a challenge. You got, you said you can get the two grand book. Why don't you mm-hmm. trade some books and then your out of pocket cash will be less. Well, here's the thing. You talked about, I have ultimate fallout Four, right? Do you have the one in 25 or just a regular cover? Just a regular cover. I got the mm-hmm. direct. Mm-hmm. I think that book's going to take off. I think miles is going to be long-term in the MCU. Mm-hmm. He is. So I don't want to get rid of that now, in my opinion. Booster Gold, mm-hmm. what if that takes off? Blue Beetle books, uh, Lobo, right? I mean, if they do take off and you get rid of them now, you're you're like chasing to get them back. So why, you, you know, you acquired it now. Like I got a buddy who has every car he ever owned. Mm-hmm. Every car he ever owned since he was 16. It's in garages across the United States. Yep. He'll never get rid of his cars. He just will buy a new one. He's okay with he won't he won't trade him in. Right. That's a ridiculous thing to, to think about for us who, you know, cars are, you know, you can't keep that many cars, but he can for whatever reason. So I'm kind of like, well, I just think it 
I'll I'll be pissed that I don't I have to go get it again, just like I did that so, ASM three hundred and two ninety eight and two ninety nine. I had to go back and so, get them. So watch this, uh, and I'm pretty sure he's smiling. I think Rohan probably told you this. You have to look at the scarcity. Yeah. How many of that book is there? If yeah. you if 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 you if there's like that UF four the regular print. I think I saw something where there's thousands of that book on the census. Um, and then you have to take into account because of the count that's available at whatever particular grade, what's the year over year chances of not even chances, but the year over year rate of return on that your increase that your profit that you're making off that book. Because again, my philosophy is you're paying for these books. You want these books to pay you back at the end of the day when it's time right. to trade or cash out. So that's a good one to have the regular cover, but how many of them are there? And are you, because of that number, whatever that X number is, are you willing to make a sacrifice saying, okay, I'm going to flip this. I know there's X amount to get, but I'm going to go after this Batman book. Yeah. So Jason, uh, the example we always use in this one for his Hulk one, when I said like, so I flipped a Hulk 340, which is the oh, great yeah. Marlin mm -hmm. cover, right? And I like that book a lot, so but like, and it makes JP sad when I say this, but I happily traded that to get my Hulk 101 because 340 is the rematch. What I don't need the rematch A as much anymore when I have the original fight. And two, mm -hmm. you can buy a raw 340 every day. And it's a not nine, that expensive. for like 300 bucks. Yeah, it's not that. And that's a great, you can buy, you can buy a high grade raw for even cheaper. They're always mm -hmm. out there. So it's like, it's I can always go back and pick that book back up. Right versus the opportunity arose where I found the deal I wanted for the 181, and it's like, yeah, I had no problem selling off that 340 to get the money to do that. So let me Can't tell you, it. JP and Rohan, my my next thing is, and, and you know, I got to catch up on my videos, but I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give it here. But my next path on my road to a key is, yeah, I have a pot of money, but I'm gonna flip my my goal is to flip my FF48 4.5. I want. ASM 14. Uh, that's and I don't want to spend any too. of my real money for it. Yeah. So I'm thinking there's a book that's going to pop up where I can do kind of like an even swap. Yeah, I think you so can do that. So I'm going to have patience. But yeah, JP, there's, you know, that UF4 or any other book that you think you you want, man, just shoot for it, man. Just you got to you gotta think, you know, what am I willing to give up? And it's cool to keep that UF4. Don't get me wrong. That's a good book. You are going to get a return in the future. But, you know, just books are attainable, man. It's just it's just patience. And I had to learn that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's the hardest part because I enjoy the hunt of these, uh, you know, of it. So uh, there you go. That's what keeps me going. So I can spend 20 bucks here on a book, $100 here, and then it adds up. And if I just didn't spend that, it all goes Let to the, the big hobby pot, fund right? itself, so, man. Yep. Right. Let the hobby fund itself. I'm just and trying to find see. margin on these books, and and I found some, but I'm like, ah, maybe there's more margin. And think of think of something like stocks. Think of something like baseball cards, where if you miss the top, you're kind of kicking yourself. And I kind of, I'm not, and that's probably my problem. You might as well just flip quickly to move on to that bigger book, like you're talking about. Just flip it quickly, I'm, move on to the bigger I'm, book. Okay, you're right. I'm gonna give you one more story. Um, when I got back in, so. When I got back in, I had a philosophy on um, which books to buy. And what I did was, 
it was based on the number of character appearances that a, a, a character had in comics. And if it did, if it wasn't over a hundred, based on what I was doing, it wasn't a good for me investment to try to flip later down the line. I'll give you a good example. <clears throat> Remember, everyone was after the Invincible Iron Man four, the Touche, that variant, the blue mm-hmm. variant, where she it's all blue. It's a nice cover. I bought that book for a hundred and fifty bucks. Had it pressed. Came back at nine point eight. I flipped that book in 2019, and I think that number still stands on the CGC census. I flipped it for five grand. Damn. There you see, and I was and I I was flipping books like that because I I was using this philosophy. And there's another there's another IG person. He can vouch for me. He'll tell you. I was giving him gems. He's like, Jason, how are you picking these? I'm like, it's just this little thing I came up with that is based on a number of character appearances. So I flipped that for a lot of money. And there's, I've gone through two Marvel spotlight fives now. Um, so it's just, you know, you just got to know at that point, you got to know what you know, what you know, and stick with it and know how to buy. But now I don't use that philosophy anymore because I'm after different different types of things. But yeah, I flipped that book for five grand, man. I don't know if it still stands on this on the GPA, but that book now I think is barely worth nine hundred bucks. <laughs> no, get in, get, get out. Off. No emotional attachment. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. I, I don't know. I got a buddy who, somebody else who bought it, found a car for like ten grand, an Aston Martin, the James Bond car. It's worth. You know, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars. He bought it off the guy for ten grand. I don't know, it's some some story around it and whatnot. But like finding a book for hundred and fifty bucks and selling it for five grand—that's the type of flip I want to find because that funds the grail. Like my booster gold, I might make a hundred bucks on. It. I'm like, oh, big deal, right? And I got to do, I like got to keep shoveling, right? <laughs> shoveling. I got a little shovel, keep shoveling to get that bigger book and. I want to find that one gem like you did. You got it, JP. Look, you got it. You just showed it. You just showed it, JP. Sell in the news. (laughs) Five grand. Sell in the news. Is that? It's a nine eight, right? Nine six. You can. You can. Hey, sell in the news or upgrade. Upgrade to a nine point eight. Yeah, I think I'll, I got a couple offers on. I might sell that. I got a blue beetle. We'll see what happens. I okay, just, he's thinking know. now, bro. He's yeah, thinking now. We got him moving now. Set him yeah. at 4.5. It'll be his by the end of the night. Like when yep. you got your uh, 181, bro, I was excited for you. I'm like, all oh, right, man, you got it. Call. But what did I tell you right behind that? What's next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I already, yeah. I, I, I've, got my, I've got a whole list of what I'm going after for the next couple of years. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyways, Jason, it was awesome having you on. It's getting late here. I know you're on the yeah, East Coast. Yeah, it's awesome talking to you guys, up. too. Yeah, thanks for coming yeah, on. Yeah, Jason, appreciate it. Uh, I got to have you on Road to the Key. Well, we'd love it. We would love it. Um, and we definitely want to keep in touch and then have you on again, especially when you get that Batman one, even before oh, then. Oh, God, so. yeah, definitely. But yeah. I really enjoyed it, guys. Yeah. Thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. And you guys, I watch you. Um, again, Errol and, and uh, Lawrence told me about you. I do tune in. Um, you guys have a great channel, and I'm, I'm proud of you guys. And I appreciate thanks, what man. you do for the community. Appreciate it. Thank All you right, so thanks, much. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you. Right, guys. Yeah, guys, as always, hit us up. Uh, Jason's Omega Collects. If you don't if you don't follow him, give him a shout-out on, on Omega Collects. And we always like to talk, so hit us up. All right, guys. Have a great night. All right. Peace. Thanks. See you all.